This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. show for you episode 32 as always i'm joined with luke summers and steve playtech we're ready to rock and roll how you doing guys what's going on what's up denny kicking ass and taking names (laughs) Uh, so nothing's changed since last podcast (laughs) (laughs) nothing's how about that last podcast huh tom inclinon man dude just got knowledge unbelievable knowledge it's crazy. I mean, he that was and you know that was pretty tame for him, which is go you know says something. Uh, what remember what was it like? Twenty three years of schooling? Is that what he said? Yeah, he's got like three, four degrees. Yeah, he's he's like the real mad scientist. I'm gonna I'll have to find some pictures of him, like less uh, more candid pictures, nothing off of his website because he's a yeah. he's really a mad scientist. I train but, with guys who are younger than he has uh, age in education. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but I like I like the stories were cool. The the strongman stories, um, hanging out with Kaz Meyer and all those guys. Um, CrossFit football put put out that link for the the strongman uh, thirty years competition. Very cool. I watched that this morning. Yeah. So uh, what else is coming out of headquarters, Luke? How's Wade's army? Or Wade's Wings. Uh, Wade's Wings is they'll be the recipient of all the hard work that Wade's Army has has done. Uh, I think last I checked, we were at thirty seven, thirty eight thousand dollars. And who knows by the time by the time this airs, I'm actually uh, this is going to be the week after after I ship off to Argentina. This one's going to post. But um, we'll probably we might be close to forty five thousand bucks by by event day. So the Wade's Wad is going to be. November 12th, uh, we're going to have Wade's Wad posted on CrossFitFootball.com. We're going to have multiple locations around the world doing the workout. And and what we're looking for is for people to sport their Wade shirt. You know, um, what we ended up happening is we got a, over 550 shirts. We packed them, shipped them all out. They're in the USPS. They're on their way to all, you know, I think six or seven different countries. They're going across the country. People are going to have them. Most people are going to have them in time for the workout. The second half of the 800 people who are requesting shirts, they're going to get those the later part of November. So, um, but what we want to see is videos. We want to see photos. We want to see what your Wade's event day looks like. Uh, you know, we're, we're super, super excited for this and this ended up being huge relative to last year and and if this growth is indicative of what we might be able to do in 2014 uh i i can't even imagine what it's going to turn into so uh we're we're excited but um from from here on out it's just about it's about celebrating wade and and you know his life that's been cut too short and the fight against neuroblastoma uh it that's what it's all about and that all comes to a head november 12th so get ready, people. It's going to be a blast. Cool. Cool. Um, how about the seminars? Taking off to Argentina soon, huh? Yeah. So I take off in about 
24 hours. It's going to be a 14 hour flight, but uh, that'll all be old news by the time this posts. I'll be on the second portion of my Argentinian adventure, which is uh, I'm going, I'm bringing my girlfriend along to the cert. She's going to be helping coach and uh, John and Tex, they're flying back Monday after the cert. They take off midday and then arrive early Tuesday morning back in the States. But uh, I'm staying to the following Saturday. So I'm going to check, see what Buenos Aires has to offer. Take a little ferry to Uruguay, maybe go horseback riding, maybe have some wine. All you can eat steak. I don't know. You know, it's just throwing it up in the air. Throw caution to the wind and and enjoy a little vacation. Nice, man. You deserve it. You deserve it. So, Denny, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. That trumps Bon Jovi for lady time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what, though? Uh, I got a happy wife. I got a happy wife. You know, it's all about a happy wife's a good wife, right? I'll sacrifice Bon Jovi and his pearly white teeth and uh, his his rock and roll lifestyle. (laughs) Argentina, maybe next year. Maybe. But, uh, th- you know, then after that, it's it's all work. Uh, basically, a cert every weekend up through the holiday. So we got Novato, California, NorCal. We're going to be heading up there. Uh, John's going to be going to that seminar and then Tampa. And uh, and then we have two certs on the 14th and 15th of December. That's going to be in Hawaii and Oklahoma. We're going to be in Honolulu and Oklahoma City. So we're going to spread the team on that weekend. So it's, you know, it's going to be a busy couple months near the end of the uh end of the year but you know a little a little time for decompression in buenos aires never hurt anybody yeah yeah awesome all right guys well we got some special guests joining us today uh we have rob windsor and hannah jenner how you guys doing good thank you wonderful thanks all right so rob's from long island new york and Hannah, Great Britain, correct? That is correct. And you guys are training for the Transat Jacques Fab. <laughs> yeah. How did that come out? They got it right. Did that come out okay? Yeah, it's it came perfect. Out pretty good. All right. France, France's prestigious 5,600 mile month long sailing race, which launches November 3rd. It leaves. La Havre, France. Yeah. You're killing it, man. You're Am I? Dude, I'm on a roll. Here we go. And it ends in Irija, Brazil. It was close. It was close. Okay. But yeah. Thanks for cutting me some slack. <laughs> Danny, so guys, um, we, you know, you contacted Power Athlete. You kind of gave us a little story, some background about yourselves. Um, about the race and about your training. So let's just start from the beginning. And Rob and Hannah, if you could just give our listeners a little bit, um, some background history about yourselves, and then we can kind of lead into how you train or how you two chose to train um, a month long sailboat race. Okay. Sound um, good? Let's that start sounds with great. Rob. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm like you said, I'm from Long Island. Um, got a wife and, uh, and 14 year old son. Um, I've been sailing professionally for about the last 10 years. And, um, I don't know what else you want to know. I, I played basketball in college. 
Um, so I had had some, uh, some fitness training before. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny people think about sailboat racing and I think people think about sailing and they think Jimmy Buffett and, uh, you know, uh, Margaritaville and this is not like that at all. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to be on, on, on here with you guys and maybe we can shed a little light into, into what sailboat racing is all about and, and how we use CrossFit to get there. Excellent. Excellent. Hannah? Well, I'm 33 and I've been sailing professionally for about 10 years. And in that time, I've raced around the world and sailed across the Atlantic 13 times. So this will be number 14. Uh, I did this race two years ago and it was a pretty tough experience. Um, we saw some hurricane force winds, which is never that pleasant. Um, but this time around, uh, working with Rob, we've sailed 6,000 miles together this year and we're really well prepared, fit, strong. The boat's looking good and we're excited to go. Nice. Nice. So how, okay, so a month long race, are you on the water for a month or do you just go a certain distance and then there's like, you know, you, you take breaks somewhere or how, how does that work? There's no breaks. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the shortest amount of time we're looking at will be 25 days. Um, but hopefully we will be done within 30 days. So some somewhere between 25 to 30 days, around the clock. No stopping, no nothing. Just keep going. So in your 10 years, Hannah, how many times have you done this race? This race, um, this will be my second time doing this race because um, it's pretty tough to get to the start line. You know, you've got to find the sponsorship and the, the boat and all the rest of it. But um, it will be the 14th time I've sailed across the Atlantic. So uh, I've done wow. that a lot. And how many boats are racing? There you go. There's, um, there's 44 boats in the event, um, but there's 25 boats like the boat that we're sailing on, which is a class 40. It's a 40 foot, it's a one design class. Okay. Um, so there's 25, we'll be racing against 25 other boats in our class. Wow, wow. Are you guys familiar with a guy named Hugo Villain? No. Hugo, uh, Hugo Villain holds the uh, Guinness Book of World Record for crossing the Atlantic in the smallest vessel ever. Oh like, yeah? It was like three feet long or something like that. So you guys are doing it like uh, first class style. Oh, yeah, it's totally first class. Compared to that, it sounds very first class. The guy must be a nutter. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, he's a nutter. However, we have absolutely no first class luxuries. We don't even have a toilet. Yeah, so. Um, so yes. you, don't have, you don't have a toilet? No, we have so a bucket. Just- Hang over the side of the boat. <laughs> uh, we hang over the side of the boat, or we use a, a basically a spackle bucket. So, um, nice. So out, out of those, so let's. I, I, let's I, I would assume on a super long boat you wouldn't have that up either, but I don't know. Well, let's let's talk about demands here. So you guys are going to be going <clears throat> maybe twenty five days, basically twenty four hours on. I assume you guys are taking shifts, right? Or there's like, is is it a two person team? Yeah, that's just me and Rob, and we usually try and sail for three hours, like one person on deck, and then you go below and you try and sleep while you have three hours off. But it's not just a case of either sailing or sleeping. We have to eat, we have to navigate, we probably have to fix the boat a little bit or maybe fix the sails. So in reality, we probably end up with five or six hours sleep on a good day, spread some 
like spread out over the 24 hour period. But usually there's only one of us on the deck and one of us down below. So now do you uh, just as you're we'll get into your your physical training leading up to um, leading up to the event. But do you guys replicate that scenario in your training? Like, do you do you intentionally train in a sleep deprived state or do you prepare for sleep deprivation? What's your strategy with that? That's a good question. Um, no, I try to get as much sleep as possible when I'm on land. Um, but, uh, I think some of the, the training we've done is go out and practice and go out for a few days and, um, and do some deliveries, do some, you know, training on the boat, on the water together. Um, we sailed across the Atlantic in June, uh, from Newport, Rhode Island to, um, Plymouth, uh, where did we go? Southampton. Ham, uh, Southampton, England. Um, and so that was training. And so, you know, we, that's sleep deprived and, um, you know, time on the boat, you know, together. Um, so it's way easier to get up out of a slightly damp sleeping bag than it is out of a really cozy, warm bed at home. I'd imagine. (laughs) Well, interesting. And then, um, so let's see, then that would be, uh, so that, that previous race that you guys did that, would that be considered like a practice run or were there stakes in that, that particular trip? No, that, that was just for practice. That was just training. That was get to get the boat over here and, um, and have some time together on the boat and, um, you know, try to shake out the bugs and, um, see how fast we could get across. Okay, cool, cool. Now what, it what was you- really only about half that that was only about half the distance of the race that we're about to do. So, um, you know, from Newport to, to, to Southampton, England is half as far as it is from France to the bottom of Brazil. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, what, uh, so why don't you, why don't you guys tell us, uh, you know, what, what sprung this whole conversation was you, you reached out and, and we heard your story about what you're doing. And, and one of the primary training methodologies that you guys have been following, preparing for this, uh, seemingly extremely taxing race that you're going to expose yourself to for like a month long has been CrossFit, right? Yeah. Well, so, I got introduced by a friend. I mean, cause sailing's really hard to train for because you can spend a long time with relatively small amount of physical activity and then you could spend 12 hours constantly on the go. And I think for us, for like 24 hours a day, we're never, ever, ever still. Even when you're sleeping, your body's always moving. So it's kind of hard to find um, a, a training method where you, you get fit, but you get really strong. So for us, it's really important to have good strength and super good core strength because we need a lot of balance and we need, that helps to stop getting injured. So a friend of mine um, started CrossFit a few months ago and introduced me and then I dragged Rob along who is not known for his love of the gym and <laughs> surprisingly, he really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I got to tell you, it's been fantastic. I We went to CrossFit Solent, which is uh, in Southampton, England. And... Um, I had never even heard of it before, <clears throat> but it's it's right up my alley. It's uh, it's competitive at the same time. We do stuff for time, and it's 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 really cool to to you know see how fast you can do from the from the other classes that have been in uh, you know during the day to do the workout of the day and stuff like that. It really it changed my view on um, on going to the gym. So um, it, uh, it it's been really great really has and what uh, how long have you guys been have you been training like this um i've been at crossfit for just over three months and you were what yeah a couple weeks behind a couple you, of so. weeks behind me 
So it's going to be pretty fascinating just getting like a start level set up and we got really into it and you could see change already because it's so i mean one thing that we found with going to a normal gym it's easy to get stuck in a rut and you go and you stand on the treadmill for half an hour and think you've done and you've worked out one portion of your body um, whereas the last three months we've kind of really knackered every single muscle we own and seen really good results and now we're going to go away and race across the atlantic and lose all our body fat and sit on our backsides for for three weeks we're going to come back with very skinny legs and probably very strong arms and it'll be interesting to go back to crossfit and just to see what level we're at when we go back. Cause I bet it's sure. very different from when we were. Now, uh, but prior to the, prior to CrossFit training, was it, was that just what you do? I mean, did you guys, uh, I guess, Hannah, you'd, you've been in this game for 10 years. You said, have you always put a, I guess a priority on, on your training outside of the racing, like at, whether at the gym or with a trainer or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm luckily from very, I really enjoy going to the gym. I tried um, I had it running the marathon. I ran a, a New York marathon in 2009, but I'm not a massive running fan. So um, I don't mind going to the gym. Um, I've always trained for sailing because, you know, we have to be pretty good at staying awake for a long time and living off very little sleep and sort of moving great big giant heavy sails around. And I'm not the biggest, heaviest person alive. So it's always been important to me to be as fit and strong as I possibly can be. And now I've found a way to do it really enjoy myself and see the best results I've ever had out of any training I ever done. So how about you, Rob, prior to, prior to you finding CrossFit, I guess, uh, you know, I picked up, did, were you doing much in terms of training or did you place a value on this, that type of, you know, being it preparing you for your events and in terms of, sailing? I generally, I generally was sailing for sailing. Um, yeah. I was using sailing as my workout. Um, you know, going to work, uh, you know, pulling lines and, and whatnot and being on a boat, I was using that basically as my workout. Um, I, I am not a huge fan of, of going to the gym and kind of, you know, when Hannah started talking to me about this, I said, I'll forget it. I'm not going. And, uh, um, I don't know what kind of this, we're on a podcast here, right? Um, so I, we, can you bleep me out if I say something bad? Oh, uh, we we're explicit. Don't worry about it. So I'm a, I'm a married guy and my wife, uh, you know, my, I said, well, Hannah wants me to go to CrossFit. And my wife said, well, if Hannah's going to CrossFit and you don't go, you're a pussy. And so (laughs) that really kind of got me, goaded me into going. Um, and I went the first time and I, they do the, what's it called when you go the first time and they give you the baseline, the baseline I had to do. And it kicked my ass. Um, I couldn't how terribly I felt terribly out of shape when I was done. And I thought that I was actually fairly fit. And so that just set me off. And, um, you know, then, then from there on, it, it was, uh, like just end of the day, five o'clock. Okay. We're done working on the boat. We're done practicing for the day. It's time to go to the box and go work out. And it was great. Um, so it's changed my view. Um, for sure. I used to just kind of, uh, float along and go sailing and feel like I was in shape, but now I really feel like I'm in shape. So been a big help. Yeah. To give, to give you a little insight, uh, myself, Denny and, and Steve, we all either own, manage or run or train at, at CrossFit gyms. Um, so we are literally exposed to individuals like yourself every day. They'll walk through the door and I mean, Steve and Denny could probably attest to this. They go, I don't really like to exercise. I'll be honest. I don't know why I'm here. My wife called me a pussy. So that's why I'm here. And, uh, 
you know, they go through, they go through the baseline workout or whatever the introductory workout is. And that, that varies from gym to gym, but either way, people are not accustomed to showing up and all of a sudden, like there's a priority on how much effort I have to put out. I'm used to just kind of walking around the gym, checking out my biceps and, you know, uh, maybe walk on a treadmill a little bit. So your experiences in terms of your, your exposure are, are common. And, and, you know, the, the two or three and a half listeners that we have listening to this podcast or the hundreds or whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> you know, all of them found it the same way. They walk into the gym and they're like, Oh my gosh, what have I been missing out on? You know? And I don't yeah. know, Denny, Steve, you have anything to add to that? Oh, I mean, I just, I just echo what you say, Luke. Um, we have some, I have a guy who, um, is a minor league baseball player comes in and he did his first workout, you know, and he's been training since he was, you know, 11 years old, running, lifting, whatever straight smoked by a housewife and like basically like picked up his tail and was like, I don't think I'm ever going to come back. But of course he did. Um, so it's an experience that everybody has. It's a humbling experience the way we do things at, uh, in CrossFit. So you guys had the right experience. I'm glad you guys are taking it on. What I think is really cool about it is like sailing's one of the few sports where girls and guys compete on a, on the same level. There is there is no difference. There's no allowances for being a girl. No shorter distance we have to sail. And my friend who introduced me to CrossFit, she's um, also a girl, and we we couldn't make it down to the box one night, so we went to the local park, and it was it was after dark. We went there, and we were going through some some movements from CrossFit and there, there was a group of girls doing a sort of attempt at some sort of CrossFit thing. And it was half-hearted and, and very gentle and not too much, much effort. And, and we, you know, we were doing pull-ups and press-ups, proper ones whilst they were doing sort of girl versions. And we were like, come <laughs> on girls, you need to get a CrossFit and do this properly. Yeah. That's great. Um, what's, uh, it's, it's been, that's an awesome story. I'm curious, um, in Juliana's email, she had mentioned that part of your CrossFit training included deadlifts, rope climbing, pull-ups, um, explosive movements. Me not knowing anything about sailboat racing other than what I've seen on movies, how, how, do, how does that correlate when you're on a boat, you know, controlling the boat? Um, did that make sense? You know, how, how does what you do in a gym transfer over into, uh, you know, racing on a sailboat? Um, well, I think, I think, um, a lot of it, like I said before, I think a lot of people think of sailing and they think of Jimmy Buffett and, uh, you know, drinking margaritas and watching sunsets and whatnot. Um, sailboat racing is hard work. Um, and it's not just pulling ropes. It's just getting yourself around the boat. Um, pitching around. And, and so, um, like Hannah said before about, you know, getting your core strong. Um, I think, uh, that helped. I mean, obviously climbing a rope, I mean, we climb rope, I climb ropes on the boat all the well, time. Climbing ropes, like we have to pull ropes to hoist sails up and those sails sure. have to go like 60 feet up in the air. And we have to pull those sails from down below, like up onto the deck. And I'll pour a lot, a lot of those sails, way I can only do this European terms like 30 kilos which is half my weight which is how many pounds Rob 30 Six, kilos is like 66 six pounds yeah. so we need to be able to pick these things up and throw them around and hoist them up and down and and wind winches and pull ropes so we need to have like a mixture of sort of core strength and explosive power to be able to do that stuff quickly as and when we need to change sails 
And, and, and we actually just just to, to add to that, we took we, we went to CrossFit and then we took the owner of the box sailing with us so that he could see what it is that we do. And we may, I made him turn every winch and put up every sail um, just to get a little bit of a laugh because he kind of giggles at me sometimes when I can't do a handstand or I don't know what. So right, um, right. that was a good way to, to get him to understand what we were looking for. And I think that he did a good job in helping us out and getting us kind of doing the right kind of workouts. What did he we do if, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, what were, what kind of direction did he steer you in? He's really um, focused us on, he looked at all the movements involved in like what we call sweating a halyard, like pulling a sail up. And I mean, for us, it's really 80, 85% what we, the strength we need is from the waist up. So it was a really big focus on arms, back, stomach muscles um, to be able to sort of do all the stuff we need to do and throw the sails around as much as possible. I guess um, I'm, I'm imagining kind of like a hand over hand pulling motion, right? From a standing yeah. position and the rope would be in a vertical, you know, pulling vertically kind of right. Yeah. Right. The, the hard thing to train for is, is that the platform that we're stood on isn't stable. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause what, and I think what's, what Denny is kind of, what's leading Denny into this and, and, uh, I don't fault you guys for not knowing this, but our, our whole the power athlete methodology, which is, I guess, an interpretation of training is really understanding what are you training for? And that's our tagline and how you guys took your coach out onto onto the boat, took him sailing with you, had him experience the demands and the stresses that you need to essentially train for gives him insight on how he's going to replicate those demands in the gym and understand what are the most important components. And, and it's just cool to hear that, you know, your coach went back, changed up the programming a little bit, probably put a little emphasis on, uh, you know, rotational movements, maybe single arm type pulling and pushing uh, with dumbbells and barbells or maybe kettlebells, stuff like that. And, and understands the demands of your sport and does as best as he can to replicate those in the gym, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, while CrossFit and in training is a great way to get physically fit, what you also have to remember is the test for you guys isn't necessarily Helen or Fran or your wad. That's that's a tool to get you guys ready for this 25 day endeavor where you're going to have to be in peak condition and, and prepared to, to perform an optimal and, you know, the optimal abilities that you can. And, and all that is really built. All those habits are built in the gym. And that's, uh, we travel around the world and that's why I'm going to Argentina, uh, uh, this weekend is we teach people that information because as much as you like, it should be common sense. A lot of people don't get it. If you know, you may have gone to a trainer outside of CrossFit and then say, Hey, I need to get in shape for this race. I got to be working long distances, you know, for a long time. And they might've just thrown you on like the Stairmaster for, yeah. uh, you know, an yeah. hour and sure you, you, I bet you'd get in better shape, but it wouldn't prepare you for the demands of your sport. And it's just cool, you know, and endearing to us to, to hear something like that, that's going on across the kind of across the globe or across the pond to, so, so to speak. And our trainer has a, although he's British, he he was at university in the U.S. and he has a big history with American football. So he does a lot of CrossFit football training for teams in the U.K. And so he was, he like, he was just really, really stoked to get the opportunity to come out sailing with us and like 
get an insight into another sport because obviously being based in Southampton in the UK, you're right at the sailing center of England. And the sailing population who are looking to CrossFit to get fit are now going to him because he's got an insight into it. And it's just really cool to see someone so excited to, to train us and to learn more about how he can do a better job of training more sailors in the future. Yeah. That was going to be, I was going to ask that uh, after Luke was done, how many, how many people do you know in the sailing community who are starting to turn to uh, like CrossFit as a, as a training program? We, we had like four or four, did we have four, four of us? Had four, four or five of us training together. Um, three of us who, which are here right now doing this race in the same box. Um, and that's like early days. This, this box is getting bigger all the time and the community's growing and like, but in terms of sailors there, there must be probably eight or ten now. And it's growing all the time as, yeah. as we go there and we experience it and we spread the word. And, you know, the fact that we can we, – we work a lot of hours on the boat. We may be out training for two days, come back, work in a boatyard all day. But we still are excited to go and work out at the box because it's not just like a great workout, but – but the community you tend to find there, people, the encouragement you get from everybody else is awesome. Yeah, it's been, fa- it really has been fantastic. I, I, and especially being from America and being the only American in, in at, at the, at the box working out. Um, it was nice to get like a slap on the back and a little fist bump, you know, when you finish and, or you beat somebody for the first time on a time. Uh, um, it's really good camaraderie. It, it, it's been, um, it's been nice, not just with the sailors, but with everybody else as well. So wait a minute, let me get this straight. There's another team from this race working out at the same box that you guys are working out at? Uh, yeah. One, one half of the team, yes. Yeah. Uh, so is, what do you guys got, like a burpee bet on this? You, are you betting 100 burpees? Who's coming in first? <laughs> it certainly won't be a burpee bet, <laughs> I can tell you, because those things just kill me. Uh, no, no. Um, we, uh, we, we still have to work. Work that out. Actually, we were yeah. talking about it today with him because right across the street here, there's a there's a CrossFit gym, um, and we were thinking we've been very busy doing interviews and and, and uh, safety checks and weather briefings and all that stuff. But we were thinking about trying to hit that place and um, maybe bring the video camera and and um, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to figure out what kind of bet we're going to make. I think it probably will not be anything physically related. I think it might be like a bottle of champagne or something like that instead. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. I, I mean, sounds, that sounds a whole lot better. Feel like, you know, I don't know, having a, a physical competition with a 25-year-old. So uh, what's going to be probably, if you could come up with like one of the greatest challenges of completing a race like this, um, does anything come to mind right away like one one of the biggest challenges is going to be blank just getting to the start line is pretty tough you know once you actually get out and you cross the start line and you get away from all of the sort of administration and general land-based hassle you kind of breathe a sigh of relief but i mean really in terms of the race the first week of the race has a potential to be really nasty weather just because we're you know reasonably high latitudes here and it's that time of the year where the low pressures come and crash into europe and it's not very pleasant and it's really cold and then we have to get across the doldrums where we could be sat going nowhere for a long time if we get it wrong so trying to keep our sanity there is tough 
I'm kind of having like a castaway moment, right? <laughs> Out in the middle of water. I mean, every direction you look, you see nothing. Yeah, what yeah, you know, I, Danny, you, I like how she referred to it as land-based nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it, the farther away I get from shore, the happier I get. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that sounds like a Jimmy Buffett song. It sure does, doesn't it? I know. It's, it, it, I don't even know who Jimmy Buffett is. Yeah, it's a it's a part of the CrossFit football dynamic warm up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> CrossFit football uh, has part of their warm ups. They have a movement that they call or uh, Jimmy Buffett. Might have been a bad joke. Well, it was yeah, better. it was inside. It's a little inside joke, Danny. Don't worry about it. Cool, cool. So. So how are you guys going to, how are you going to eat? How, how do you, uh, obviously the kind of a stupid question. How do you prepare your meals on a, on a race like that? 30 days out on a boat. Yeah. 30 days so worth, we, we, 30 days worth of food. Just real no, quick go ahead, I'm ready. For, for most of our listeners, 30 days worth of food is like, uh, or at least for me, that's roughly like two cows. Yeah. That's like, that's 30 kilos of meat. I'm going to have to pack. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, then I'm going to have to get maybe 40 kilos of veggies and I'm going to need a stove top. Let's oh, see. Gallons, water, water, <laughs> a whole bunch of dairy and milk, but, uh, no. Yeah. So how do you guys prepare this and what type of food's going to, uh, finds its way onto the, the ship and yeah, let us know what's tell us about the food. This is where it all goes horribly wrong for us because like we love eating big steaks and vegetables and we're doing a lot of that right now because it's the last we're going to see of steak and veg for quite a long time. So um, unless somebody can give us a dried cow and then and we'd be quite happy to take we it. Have we, have, cow, we, we have no refrigeration. Um, our only cooking facilities is one little, what's called a jet boil, which boils some, which boils water, but you can't cook on it because the flame's too fierce. So all of our hot food is freeze dried, which is pretty nasty stuff. Um, and beside from that, we have ramen noodles. We have chocolate, um, flapjacks, and we have built on and jerky or dried meat to try and get the protein. But we did a little experiment with our trainer at CrossFit and because um, he follows a pretty strict paleo diet. And for one day and one day only, he ate like an offshore sailor and had noodles and freeze dried food and chocolate bars. And the poor guy was in turmoil. I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> he didn't enjoy uh, it. It sounds like a frat house kind of. <laughs> Ramen it's noodles. not. It's not as bad as she makes it sound. Really, to be quite honest with you, I actually happen. How many calories did we bring? We brought like out of freeze dried food. We have seventy three thousand nine hundred fifty, and then you add in all the chocolate yeah. and the meat. And I mean, the freeze dried food has got some meat in it. It's got some vegetables in it. It's not the most wonderful, but I mean, it's not awful. Um, and um, actually, one of our initiatives is we're gonna we're bringing uh, some. We're going to grow some microgreens on the boat. So we are going to try to get some vegetables in there somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not what I would eat at home. That's for sure. It's not, uh, you know, a big 24 ounce steak and and, uh, you know, half a half a garden full of salad. So it sounds like you guys got your protein and carbs. What are your what are the fat sources that you guys are using? Very, very minimal. You'll find like the last time I did this race. I lost about 14 pounds in weight. Um, yeah. and 
like by the time we get there, we'll have very, very little body fat left. And it's uh, it's not that much of an attractive look because you, your legs go, your body fat melts away and you're just all arms and shoulders. Sure, sure. I guess. Uh, but uh, in terms of food, like you're, are, do you have any veg, uh, veggie oils, olive oils, coconut, avocado, anything like that? Anything that's calorically dense in terms of fats? We have some olive oil. That's that's about it, really, for fats. If you've got some suggestions, we'd be happy to listen. Oh, uh, absolutely. So, and when it comes to performance, and that's you know the whole the whole concept is performance, right? Uh, but when you're talking about calories in, calories out, and essentially like you know like you're saying, Hannah, withering away to nothing, what you're ultimately you're in a situation where you're hypocaloric. You're not eating as much as you're putting out. But uh, some some of the most calorically dense foods you can get are your olive oils or coconut oils, stuff like that, and like you know. Essentially, per serving, you're almost doubling or tripling your caloric intake, and and at the end of the day, that's it's whatever you're going to be adapted to. So, I mean, you're you're how long until the race starts on Sunday? Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you're only a couple, <laughs> uh, you're only a few a few uh, days out, but th- that might be something to look into. Just uh, and I know it's, I mean, it doesn't sound like you guys are necessarily eating for flavor as much as you are, necess- you know, more for f- performance, but bring a little more fat and add some fat into your diet uh, throughout the day. You're just going to ha- be a little more satiated, have some more energy. And it's just, you know, you guys are up and draining for 30 days. You just got to be sure to feed the machine. We do have quite a good supply of nuts as well. I forgot about that. So that should give us a few good calories. Sure, sure. But uh, the the cheapest thing you can do, and I know it's like uh, I've done it, I do it, is if especially on d- days like exactly like today, I missed breakfast. I had an early class, and then uh, we had an impromptu meeting with John. I didn't get to eat before this. Uh, I had a, a little bit of meatloaf and took a swig of olive oil, just because I want to keep my caloric my calories up, so I can you know. Granted, I'm not training necessarily for a 30 days race, but uh, you know, in terms of my training schedule, I train five six days a week, and then we do travel quite a bit. So uh, I know that in order to feel prime and perform my best in the gym uh i i've got to have enough calories so the so are you uh, saying that i could I, we could just add some we could just add like a tablespoon of of olive oil to the meals that i eat and that would kind of just boost it up enough yeah um, i mean that's going to give you that's going to put you put you closer to your your bmr or your basal kind of uh your base caloric requirements for the, for this activity is yes, take a couple swigs of olive oil or a little tablespoon here or there. And then, you know, your nuts and seeds, those are, those are great options as well. Um, and then just, it sounds like you guys got it pretty well made. Granted it's freeze dried and not optimal, but, uh, in terms of flavor, you guys got your proteins, your fats and your carbs. And, and we like to say for, you know, for an athlete, that's going to be going through what you guys are going through, uh, kind of a guideline. Um, you know, you're going to want to try to partition your mac, uh, macronutrients, your protein, carbs, and fats, probably like, uh, 40, you know, like, a a 40, 40, 20, where 20% of your intake is going to be protein, understanding that you're going to be in a catabolic state most of the time. And it's more about just really endurance. And then you need to split the other 80% with let's say carbs and fat and see, you know, but like in terms of tinkering with something this close to race day, um, you know, I wouldn't do anything drastically different. So, Rob, maybe like you're saying, just add a, add a tablespoon or two of olive oil to your meal and see, you know, it will give you more calories. You know, and that at the uh, end of the day, that's that's going to be a performance benefit. Sounds good. Now, I think what we need to do, where, where are you guys all from? 
I am in Newport Beach, California right now. Uh, Denny's out in the Midwest. He's in Chicago, and then Steve's in uh, Georgia. Where you're in? Where you at, in Georgia, Steve? Well, right, right now we're in France. But Steve, are you there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was talking, but the mute was on. Um, <laughs> I don't want you guys to hear me chewing my lunch. I um, I'm just outside of Atlanta, about 15, 20 minute drive into Atlanta. It's a town called Suwanee. Oh, okay. Well. You're on the East Coast anyway. I would, what, it'd, be, it'd be nice to, to get one of you guys out sailing sometime um, and see uh, see what you think uh, in terms of how many calories you need to make your your day go through. I think that'd be kind of a fun a fun uh, a fun thing to try. Heck yeah! Right. I'd be interested. Tell me where to go. Tell me where yeah, to go, and I'll yeah. be there. I'll figure out how to get there. All right, well, Juliana's got you all your contact info. After we finish this race, uh, we'll 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 see about uh, about hooking that up. Yeah, because in terms of replicating the energy systems and demands of what you're going to be doing, I mean, it sounds like your traditional and I, I call it traditional CrossFit because there's so many there's different varieties of it. One of which we publish, but uh, you know the varying energy systems and time domains. I mean, that's exactly what you guys need to do because like you guys were saying, you don't know if you're going to be working for two minutes and exerting yourself for two minutes or maybe 30 minutes. I mean, I can only imagine the exertion that takes place uh, when, when you hit rough weather. Right. And uh, Hannah, I think you were saying like last race you hit hurricane grade weather. Is that what you were telling us? Yeah. But 10, Ten days were in severe weather, and like for for sort of a couple of days, it was near hurricane, you know, hurricane force winds. So it was, it's it's pretty demanding. And when you get into that, even when you get downtime, you don't get any kind of quality rest. So it, it's exhausting. Yeah, and so to me, that sounds like uh, you know what you guys are doing for training and what you'll and what your coach had you doing is perfect. Um, you know, the, the only other element of control I think that you could you know that you may have some latitude and freedom to is, is really the nutrition side of it. And it, it sounds like you're going the right direction. You're not doing anything like drastically in in error, but it's, if you're coming out withered on the other end, I don't know what, how realistic it is to bring more food, <laughs> but uh, you know, just something, just the calorically you know, dense stuff. The trick of it is honestly, I mean, it's all like a weight. It, it's a weight of the boat ratio. It's a, you can't bring too much stuff. If you, you brought a spare and enough food, you know, you always end up with a little bit of food left over. I mean, once in a while I've finished a race where you end up with, uh, you're, you're eating nothing, uh, because right. we've, we've eaten it all, but most of the time you end up with more, you bring more than you think. Um, and you know, we, we try to keep each other. That's the big thing about, about sailboat racing, especially shorthanded is keeping, making sure you keep an eye on your partner. Um, you know, making sure that they actually do eat and that they're feeling okay and they're, you know, taking care of themselves um, because there's nobody else to look after you except them. Um, yeah. So you, you kind of do that for each other. But I mean, in the, in the end, the, I mean, we try to eat, I, I try to eat it like three, four, five times a day, a meal. Um, and then every other time I'm on deck, I've always got, uh, you know, candy or, or cookies or cereal bar or something in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but it, it just, it kind of drains away. You know I mean? You, 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 you wear it away just being on deck, just standing up and trying to keep yourself from tipping over is work. So, and now obviously the goal is, um, to win the race, right? 
Of course. And now, if we, what, if we weren't trying to win, we might as well stay home. Yeah. <laughs> what are what are the components? I mean, uh, I guess the 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 weather and there's scenarios that you could never predict probably right. That you're going to have to deal with, but how, how do you become, how do you like, what, what components of the race is it? Is it the speed at which you can raise a sail? Does that matter? Is it uh, your ability to navigate? What are the, what are the really the primary components of performance to, to really be the best out there? And it's like, like a you know jigsaw puzzle it takes all the pieces put together in the right way to make it good um i mean everything counts really if if we can do sail changes one minute faster than the boat next to us the whole way across the atlantic and we have to do hundreds of them then it's going to be a lead um it's putting the boat in the right place it's trimming the sails correctly a hundred percent of the time um there always is an element of luck feeling particularly when you get to areas like the doldrums and you get big squall clouds and you know it might just be that a squall comes over and the cloud is a couple of miles across and one boat gets lucky and the other boat just gets trapped and there's nothing you can do apart from watch them sail away. So there is an element of luck, but really it's about just giving it a hundred percent and never taking your eye off the ball in terms of where you put the boat. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, like most sports, there's, there's an old saying, right? That, uh, the harder, harder you work, the luckier you get. So when you talk about the element of luck, your training is certainly going to to add to you being more prepared and pulling ahead that extra bit. I think. Yeah, well, where, where I agree with you, I think you make your own luck in life, um, and and uh, you know, hard work uh, and opportunity equal luck. And we've got a great opportunity here. We've got a great sponsor at Eleventh Hour Racing, and um, I'm. Hannah and I both, I, I don't really, I, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm giving her a big pat on the back. I don't know anybody who works as hard as she does um, other than me. So um, I think that with the hard work and the opportunity we have, I think we're going to be looking pretty good. What are your, uh, what do you think you guys chance of winning the races? Oh, that's a tough question. I would just, we're already looking at the weather for the start, and the weather's pretty diabolical. It's going to be really rough for the first two days of the race, you know. And there, there are teams here on, like, brand-new boats who have great track records who, in theory, you'd say perhaps they're the more favored ones. But going out into rough weather in the first two days, it could be that their boat falls apart the first night. So, like, I'm really superstitious, so I'd like to think, you know, I always consider that everyone out there including ourselves, has the potential to win the race, regardless of how old the boat is, how much sailing they've done on the boat. Everyone's a threat. Everyone's competition. And if you take your eye off the ball for even so much as a second, you're not going to be the winner. So, you know, hopefully we'll be up there with the best of them. Is there anything, uh, I mean, what, what could you tell all of our listeners? I mean, where could they go check out either your sponsors or what you're doing? Is there, do you guys have a blog? Are you going to be connected, uh, while you're on sea? Like how, what, how they can, can they keep track of uh, what's going on? We will be updating our Facebook page, team 11th hour racing constantly. We've also got a website, team 11th hour racing.com. Um, and the Transat Jack Bar, if anybody could spell it, um, also has the website. But our Facebook page will keep everybody everybody like up to date with all the latest info as it happens. And and we will be updating from from during the race. So we'll have some videos to put up. Um, and there's a race tracker on our um, 
on our website as well that you can follow along and see who's winning and you know who's where and what's going on. Because um, it is a long race, and so if you check in every couple of days, that'd be kind of cool. And is it just? Are you going to be under eleventh uh, hour racing, or do you have like a team name or? It's team team eleventh hour racing. Where yeah, eleventh hour racing is the name of the boat. And um, Team 11th Hour Racing is our Facebook, and um, Team 11th Hour Racing.com is our website. Great. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, best of luck to you guys. Would you be willing to come on the show again after the race and kind of kind of tell us how it all went down? Absolutely. <laughs> Can you guys take uh, pre and post photos? I want to see the uh, degeneration of your leg muscles. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, if you go on our Facebook page, we've got some pictures from the CrossFit box um, up on on the on the website. Hannah's looking pretty buff. Uh, I could probably use a little more time, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what are you gonna do? Uh, But if you you can check those out, and those were only from about a week and a half ago, Um, and then. yeah, we'll definitely take some pre and post pictures. And Juliana sure. can send you any pictures that you, you need as well. So if, if there's anything on Facebook that, that would be cool for you guys to use, she can send you the real version. Great. Sweet. All right, guys. Hey, thanks a lot for taking the time. And honestly, best of luck. And you guys are going to do great. You know, just uh, just keep working hard. You know, you'll get through Thank it in 25 days and then hopefully on the podium. I'm, I'm excited to hear about it afterwards. You got it. Thanks Thank a lot you. for having us. All right, guys. All right. Good talking to you guys. Thank you. Good luck, right, guys. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.